another episode of D-List of the Podcast. I'm Michael Kay. And I'm Allison. The Emmys aired over the weekend. Allison, did you watch? I know you watched. Did you watch all of it? I did. I watched all of it. And I was shocked because normally the Emmys air from 8 to like 11, 15, 11, 30. 6 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. The roosters are crowing being like, is it over yet? (laughs) But when I was watching the Emmys this time, I sat down. I was so excited because I was like, okay, it's the Zoom Emmys. It's not going to be that long. They can probably knock this out in like 60 minutes. But Michael, I was so stupid and naive to believe that they were going to do under three hours. It was still three hours long. Yeah, it was still three hours long. I knew that because I knew it was going to be three hours long. But also like, you know, in your TV guide thing, it says Emmys from five, it aired at 5 p.m. here for me, Mm -hmm. 5 p.m. to like 5 p.m. January 23rd. Like I knew it was going to be a long one. Yeah, you settled in for a long winter's nap. Yes, but you and I are probably the only ones who watched it because lowest ratings ever. I mean, are we surprised? No, I knew it was going to be low ratings. Mm-hmm. I think all these award shows are going to be low ratings. Like, that's not where people's heads are at. No, they should have just handed them out over the radio like they used to do with the Oscars. Yeah, hopefully they'll do that with the Oscars. Actually, I hope they don't because I hope they do this with the Oscars because it will be a mess. Oh, it would be a giant mess. It was a socially distanced Emmys, so it was kind of like the MTV VMAs, which we talked about a couple episodes Mm -hmm. back. So Jimmy Kimmel, he hosted, he was at the Staples Center, and there was no audience, just cardboard cutouts of the nominees, and a handful of celebrities presented at the Staples Centers and did skits with Jimmy. We'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Um, Then other celebrities celebrities pre-taped their presentation of an award like david letterman Mm -hmm. presented from like his farm or like the road outside his farm i didn't hate it yeah i didn't hate that and then essential workers told their stories and then presented awards i didn't hate that i liked that i didn't hate that but i also kind of wish that when they opened up the envelope they had a giant check inside for themselves for themselves just to be like the award goes to whoever and then they can show their own check being like the emmys is kindly given me ten thousand dollars they said they should have said yeah the winner is me because i got money and the second winner is whoever succession (laughs) so and then the nominees were at home on a live feed and gave their speech from home or wherever they were they were not at the staples center Mm -hmm. and a lot of people like on my twitter feed and just beyond that said it was trash but honestly i was entertained I was entertained. I was more entertained with the MTV VMAs because there was music and music is inherently entertaining. Um, but I was entertained just because it was a wreck. I like a wreck. Oh, yeah, because the Emmys are usually so, so boring. Sometimes I don't even watch them all the way through because they're so boring. Because like you said, there's no musical performances. It's just oh. kind of them just giving out award after award after award. But this was like a clusterfuck. So... Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. I was also high on edibles. So as as far as I know, I could have been watching a wall for three hours and been like, oh, my God, this is riveting. This is hilarious. No, you know, when your your TV is off, but you see your own reflection in the TV and like it kind of looks like a TV show. Michael, were you watching that? Yeah, probably. I'm like, ooh, Doogie Howser looks like shit. (laughs) What happened to him? (laughs) Quarantine was not... It's not good to him. <laughs> not kind to Doogie Howser, MD. <laughs> so, 
So like I said a second ago, the celebrities who presented from the Staples Center, some of them did skits with Jimmy, like Mm -hmm. Jennifer Aniston. So she did a skit making fun of how like we sanitize everything now. So Jimmy sprayed Lysol on a winner's envelope and then set it on fire. And Aniston put it out with a fire extinguisher. And yeah, it wouldn't go out. It was bad. I mean, the skit was painful. I mean, well, also the fact, I mean, anyone who's ever lit anything on fire, I'm not going to say I have, but like if, let's say you've lit something on fire, you know not to do it in a wire waste paper basket because all those holes, there's just so many places for the fire to escape and move. That was sexy. That was sexy what you just said. (laughs) All the holes. Fire's escaping. No, but it was dangerous. I was like, well, not only that, California's on fucking fire and this is what you want to (laughs) do. Yeah. It's true. This is what you think you need to do. And honestly, like, Jennifer Aniston, I was like, is that really Jennifer Aniston? Because the Jennifer Aniston I know would have put that fire out with gallons of smart water. And Mm. she would have had the label facing the camera. Okay, but Michael, to be fair, California's on fire. And Jennifer Aniston knows that she needs to save that smart water for... Um, I don't know, the thirsty squirrels or whatever. No, the only reason for her to hold smart water is to hold it in front of a camera so she can get a bonus. <laughs> That's the only reason. So as for the winners, Shit's Creek won everything in the comedy categories. Everything. Absolutely everything. It was its last season, so they gave them every award. I've only seen one episode, so I guess I should get on that. I mean... I'm like, I'm Canadian and I, I like the show. It's fine. It's like a, you know what it is? I like to call that kind of show a Saturday afternoon show when, or like a, you know what a Saturday afternoon movie is, Michael? Well, for me, it's Showgirls, Basic Instinct. Yeah. Um, Just the same movies over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, Fatal Attraction, that's a good Saturday afternoon yeah. movie. Yeah, no, Saturday afternoon movie is really for me like a fucking Hallmark movie, a piece yeah. of shit movie. Yeah. Okay, well. So you, but this is not a piece of shit. No, it's not Shit's a piece of shit. Crazy. But it's shit. I mean, it's only shitty in terms of the name. Oh, by the way, your feed, did they have to keep showing the title card Shit's Creek every time Jimmy Fallon said, or Jimmy Kimmel, they're all the same Jimmy to me, yeah. every time he said Shit's Creek? Because. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> like, I didn't notice. Yeah, legally, they're not allowed to say shit on tv unless they're saying the name anyways that was distracting i was like okay we get it we're all mature here none of us are eight years old um but anyway point is schitt's creek is a good saturday afternoon show you like put it on you feel good about it well it's, people it's cute. love it people love 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 it. oh yeah it's people are church for them so they got the emmy for outstanding comedy show writing directing all the main actors won Catherine o'hara eugene levy dan mm-hmm. levy annie murphy all won. It was the most Emmy wins by a comedy show in a single season. So they went out with a bang. Mm-hmm. And they also um, all watched together at this castle called Casa Loma okay, in let Toronto. Me st- let me stress. Okay, Michael, I know what Casa Loma is. And when you, we say castle, here's what it really is. A guy built a house in Toronto. And he's like, I want it to be a very fancy house. I kind of want it to look like a castle. But it's like a it's like a little castle. It it's looks like, like a castle to me. I saw the pictures. Maybe it was the angles. But it looked like, I mean, I knew it wasn't like, you know, a Louis the Fourteenth castle. Yeah, it's not like, like I knew first it was probably castle someone, or whatever. It's yeah, like, I knew it was like someone built it. Like, when was it built? I think it was honestly built in like the 40s or 50s. Yeah, that's when I was guessing. It's, so it's, it's not like, like newish. Mid- it's not medieval times. There's no like cannons in it or anything like that. But it's like, it. yeah, it's like lots of people have like, weddings and stuff yeah it's like a banquet hall 
it was very fancy for them to all meet. Yeah, so they all they all watched together there, and apparently some of them quarantined beforehand so they could watch the show together. But I was still nervous because they were very loose. Oh, they were doing a lot of hugging, and I know that like kissing, Dan, yeah, <laughs> mouths were everywhere. I mean, look, to be fair, Dan Levy and his dad are like related, so I didn't get so weird when they hugged each so other. So Corona doesn't pass through <laughs> related. No, no, no. Corona stops. Corona stops at the mouth, and it goes. Wait a minute. Is this is this the dad? Okay, this is yeah, fine. Yeah. No. <laughs> They're like, oh, Catherine O'Hare, you're a family friend. This is fine too. This is okay. Yeah, but like Dan Levy had his mask off a lot, mm-hmm. and I was like, girl. I mean, I appreciated that he was dressed like a schoolgirl, but I was like, put on that mask more. Yeah, he was he was giving me Britney Spears hit me baby one more time quarantine edition. I liked it. So yeah, they win everything. Um beyond the comedy category, Succession, another show I don't watch. Mm-hmm. You don't watch that, right? I don't, but I really like that theme song. I, what's the theme song? It's like piano and it's like it's like ding 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 ding. ding. <laughs> oh, that's why people on Twitter were like, I hope Succession wins just so I can hear the theme song. I said, YouTube it. Shit. Yeah. YouTube is right there if you want to listen to it. It's good. Honestly, I would make it my ringtone on my phone, but I don't know how to do that. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> okay. So that won a bunch, um, including Outstanding Drama, Writing, Directing, Jeremy Strong, one lead actor for that. Mm-hmm. Zendaya won the lead actress in a drama Emmy for a show I do watch, Euphoria. Mm-hmm. You don't watch that, right? No, but I've watched a lot of clips. Look, I don't have access to HBO Max, so I've all my episodes of Euphoria I have seen in YouTube clips. Tw- Twitter clips, yeah. So <laughs> she's the youngest to ever win that award. She's 24, mm-hmm. which is young, but in Hollywood years, that's like, what, middle age? So Julia Garner won for Ozark, and Billy Crudup won for The Morning Show, which for me was like, a what? I watched The Morning Show, and I... Yeah, that was a weird choice. And there were a lot of records set this year. I already mentioned Zendaya, Schitt's Creek. So Regina King won for lead actress in a limited series for Watchmen. Mm-hmm. It's her fourth Emmy. So now she's tied with Alfre Woodard for the most wins by a Black performer. Mm-hmm. Also, seven actors won a major... Um, seven Black actors won a major acting Emmy this year, and that's a new record. Mm-hmm. RuPaul won his fifth consecutive Emmy for Outstanding Host of a Competition Reality Show. Mm-hmm. And so now he has the most wins for that category. So fuck you, Jeff Probst. <laughs> Dra- Drag Race won Outstanding Reality Competition Show for the third time. Mm-hmm. And now Drag Race is the most, um, the mo- has, has won the most um, Emmys for a reality competition show. Whoa, really? That fact actually surprises me. I thought it was I thought it was Top Chef. I thought that Top Chef had like um or wait, no, what's Master Chef? Top Chef? One of the chef shows. I thought they had like ten Emmys. Well now because they have uh Drag Race is also one for other things too. Okay. Like, you know, costume, makeup. Mm-hmm. So when you add it all up, they're the oh, most awarded. Okay, okay, okay. Got you. All right. And one of my favorite parts of the show Mm -hmm. was something that didn't air. Oh, okay. So the Emmy people, they wanted the winner of each category to like hold the Emmy, right? Right. While they're Mm -hmm. giving their speech, but they didn't want to spoil it for everyone. So what they did is they sent a presenter in a tuxedo hazmat suit to each nominee's house or wherever they were Mm -hmm. with an Emmy. So they stayed outside. And if the person won they gave them the Emmy. Mm -hmm. If they lost, they left with the Emmy. 
That yeah, it's cold. It oh was my god, so it's amazing. Cold. So Rami Youssef was nominated for lead actor in a comedy. He lost to Eugene Levy, of course. Mm-hmm. And he tweeted a video and said, "This is what happens when you lose the Emmy." And showed like the hazmat guy outside of his house, like through the windows, waving and then leaving with the Emmy. <laughs> and like, where do they take the Emmy? Just back to their house. The presenter, yeah. Well, they take it back to the anywhere else or wherever imagine if they just left with it though all these emmys show up on ebay this week <laughs> authentic emmy touch. yeah so rami if you really want an emmy go on ebay yeah go online it can't be that much what are they selling for 19 bucks 20 bucks yeah but that was my favorite part that was my winner for best comedy and i, I hope they do that at the oscars um and live stream every loser saying goodbye to the oscar Oh, but you know that every single actor that, like, really wants an Oscar would, like, still be, like, trying to, like, hold it. They're like, six feet, six feet. They're like, no, just let me touch it. Just let me smell it. <laughs> please, please. Rub it against my cheek. Um, My award for best drama was uh, Jason Sudeikis getting a COVID test. Now, I understand all the bits that they had to do because they have to keep us entertained at home. Um, So the Jason Sudeikis came out to present. He had a mustache, which was very nice looking and his bit was that he got a covid test like they were pretending to do a covid test yeah they didn't do it she didn't go deep enough that's, you gotta go yeah. balls deep yeah that's what my issue was i didn't like that i didn't like the fakery of it because i was like i got a covid test i told you about it and i was like michael this was the this was the worst thing i've ever experienced i hated getting the covid test and i was the opposite i loved it you fucking I loved it of, <laughs> i got one a few months ago i was like go deeper Oh, is God. is it in yet? <laughs> oh, oh, I hated it. I don't ever want to do one again. I mean, I'm probably gonna have to do one again. Like we're still in the middle of COVID. But anyways, point is, I didn't like how fake that was. It just made me upset. I was like, if you're gonna pretend to do a COVID test, get it up in there. I know you call yourself an actor. Mm. If it was the Oscars, they would have went all the way. Oh, yeah, they would have had the COVID test. They would have been like, uh, I don't know. What else do you have to do? Just the COVID test, oh, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we're going to move on now to a name that I had not heard before last week. Michael, I don't know if you had heard this. Name. Yeah, I have. You I follow have? some of those British tricks. So oh, yeah. Okay. Well, you're you're very well versed. Then you're like the I'm international. Yeah. You're the Sir Lawrence Olivier of knowing all the Towie cast members. So Wayne Lineker is a... Well, did you you know who Gary Lineker was, right? No, yes. I didn't know who Gary uh, Lineker okay. was either, but apparently, according to the internet, he is a famous footballer, which yeah. is British for soccer. So Wayne Lineker is 58. He's a nightlife entrepreneur. So basically, he's at the club a lot. And so recently, Wayne Lineker decided to... And he's Gary's older brother. Yes. So he's like 58, gray hair... He's he's like an older gentleman, you could say. So he um, is currently single and he said um, he like posted this thing on Instagram being like, my family really wants me to get a girlfriend. So it's time for me to get a girlfriend. And here's what I'm looking for in a girlfriend. So this is great news. If unlike Shangela, you want a sugar daddy, you want to go out and get a sugar daddy and you are that type of girl because it's a sugar baby. idea, And he yes. did say like this is tongue-in-cheek but it probably is not he's yeah. probably dead serious he yeah he was he was joking but in the way that he's like haha but really don't come 
don't DM me if you're not these things. So here's just kind of, it's a very long list, but I'm going to do a little brief sort of rundown. Okay. He's like, he starts out really nice. He's like, you have to be a strong, nice, loving personality. So, I mean, that's great. Then here's where it starts to go downhill. He's like, you have, you must like older men. You have to be above 30, but he'll also take 28 or 29. And when he says above 30, I get a feeling that he means like 30 and, and a two half. days. Yeah. He's like, if you have hit, if you are closing it on 31, please do not apply. He says that he's not looking for a woman his age, 58, because it would look weird. You have to like to travel and fly business class. Not Notice how he didn't say first class. Anyways. Yeah, he's uh, going to be in first. You're in business class. Mm-hmm, I hope you like steerage, bitch, because that's where you are. All your stuff is going to be in trash bag luggage. So he wants you to also be the type of person who likes to stay in incredible hotels. He wants you to give up your career or job or at least be able to work from a laptop on a tropical beach somewhere. You can't be tied down to one place. He says that you have to be flexible with having your summers in Ibiza. You want to be able to spend your winters in Dubai and you can have two weeks in the UK for Christmas and New Year's with his family. Um, And then you'll also take holidays to Maldives. So he says no baggage as mine are all grown ups. Oh my God, I love that he called kids baggage. That was like, wow. So he has kids and grandkids. And I feel like every single one of his kids and grandkids was like, are you kidding me? He says that you can have a dog, but the dog will need a passport. Where are these doggies getting passports? Anyways, he wants you to be able to cook because he basically doesn't cook. He take, he does like takeout meals. Um, he says he's looking for house music and R&B lovers only. You have to like Netflix. No chick flicks. You can watch them with your mates, he says. He says he wants somebody who's confident, like that can just walk up to the front of like, you know, uh, the Q in a nightclub. I love the British words. Um, he says you need a driving license, driver's license because you'll share a Bentley and a Lamborghini Jeep <laughs> bracket pending. So he's obviously looking to buy a Lamborghini Jeep or maybe you bring that with you. Who knows? DM Wayne. He'll get back to you. Um, he's looking for somebody who has never, this is a quote, never have shared a teeth whitening post. So he's not looking for like the standard Instagram influencer. Yeah, he doesn't want that. Which tells me, I mean, Wayne, you are old and out of touch because the type of person who's responding to this ad has definitely dreamed of selling hair gummies or tummy teeth whitening. Tea, yeah. Tummy tea, yes. Oh, he also says nobody on OnlyFans. Um, he wants somebody who will go to the gym, um, loves health food, and um, oh, and then you accept and love my children and grandchildren and realize there are no more kids for me. Never say never, though. Uh, and he wants you to be intelligent, but not boring. So essentially, Wayne wants everything and nothing all at the same time. So you have to be like half his age and look good and like money and clubs and you have to like house music. Which to me, I felt like that should just be the ad. It should just be like, hi, can you tolerate house music? DM me. (laughs) (laughs) Do you like Netflix? Slide into my DMs. But Mm -hmm. like, honestly, a lot of that ad sounded like a dream to me. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. have to work. Perfect. Amazing. Travel internationally. I'm in. Watch Netflix. Okay, I can do that. I get to bring my dog even better. And... Like, you don't have to shill for teeth whitening on Instagram. Amazing. Yeah. Wonderful. And yes, I'd have to fuck Wayne Lineker, but I'm a slut with no standards, so that works. But the deal breaker for me is mm-hmm. that I'd have to talk to him. 
So mm-hmm. that, yeah, that would be the deal breaker. Yeah. Now, I was looking at this ad, Michael, and my first thought was, Wayne, you're asking the impossible. This perfect woman doesn't exist. Where are you going to find her? Mars? And then I realized, no, the perfect woman does exist for Wayne. And I think it's pretty obvious who it is. So he wants a blow somebody- up doll? Mm, no, I'm talking about a human woman here. I I mean, I think Wayne would take a blow up doll, but she has to have a passport and a driver's license. And I'm not sure if the UK will issue passports to blow up dolls. So we'll see, though. I mean, we'll have to contact the British government. No, so he's looking for somebody who loves clubs. Somebody who wants to spend time in Ibiza and Dubai. They want to give up their career or possibly have no career. And I think that he's looking for Lindsay Lohan. And yes. Um, he said a, 30 and he said no one his age. No one, that'll yes. look weird. And yeah. I, <laughs> the age is a little bit. The, it, we might have to fudge her age a little bit. But I think. Um, no, no, not her age. Her <laughs> I mean, she's, I don't even know if she's, is she 30? She's 30-ish. Does she look 30-ish? She's a type of 30. (laughs) (laughs) She's. He'd he'd be like, I told you I don't want anybody who's 56 like me. (laughs) She's like, oh, come on. I'm not, I'm not 56. (laughs) The only thing that I was kind of concerned about is that Wayne was really specific that he wanted somebody who was into health food. And I know that Lindsay Lohan mostly eats cigarettes, but then I remembered tobacco is a plant and a plant is... Um, plant-based. So she's yeah, on a plant-based, plant-based diet. Yeah, Exactly. So Lindsay, call up Wayne. DM Wayne. Your dream man is out there. Well, and he really is like our modern day Cerno because I there's a story not too long ago. I think it was like last month, maybe July, mm-hmm. where he... Uh, tweeted a video of him or Instagram, one of those, mm-hmm. of... Um, him like lining up girls at mm-hmm. his club, his pool club in like Ibiza. And um, the ones he doesn't think are attract- attractive, like push them into his pool with his chest. Oh, Wayne. <laughs> I mean, romance is just running through his veins. Why does he even have to post an ad is my question. Yeah, I don't know. Covering all his bases. So our final story in this part of the podcast, um, an SMS marketing platform called Simple Texting asked 1,000 Americans what they would sacrifice to keep their phone. So 44% of millennials said they would rather be split up from their significant other for a month than part with their cell phone for a month. 72% of everyone polled would rather give up booze for a month than be without their cell phone for a month. 64% would rather give up coffee. 44% would rather serve jury duty for five days than be be without their cell phone for five days. And they asked other things, but the one that's getting the most attention is about dogs. So 40% say they would rather be separated from their dog for a month than separated from their phone for a month. So, Alice, I'm just going to go through the list with you and... Tell me what you'd rather give up. Okay. Okay, for a month. Booze or your phone? Oh, booze. I don't drink, so I would give up booze. That's an easy one. Mm -hmm, Easy. Your significant other or your phone? Well, I mean, a a phone is like a significant other that you'll never be lonely. So, I mean, I'd give up a significant other. Okay. Coffee or your phone? 
I'd give up my phone because I'm I'm very addicted. So that's the one. That's my one. Mine's coffee. Yeah, easy. Michael, I can't go an hour without coffee. <laughs> I can't. Switch to like crack. Oh, no, thank you. I said I'm addicted to coffee, not I'm willing to easily give up coffee. <laughs> and I okay. know you don't have a dog, yes. but let's pretend you do. His uh-huh. name is Channing. Um, <laughs> your dog or your phone? I, you know what? I, I love dogs. I would rather give up my phone than give up a dog. Dogs are the ultimate phone. They like you all the time. Yeah, I would give up my phone in every single one of those. Because, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm always on my phone. I'm addicted to it because of what I do for a living. Like, I've always said that the day that Delisted shuts down is the day that I turn off my phone, turn off my laptop, turn turn off my iPad, turn off my computer, and leave it off for months. That would never happen, but I've always said that. But... I would I would give up my phone because they didn't say give up internet. So I can be at home with my coffee, my booze, my dog, my significant other, and I can be looking at the internet, you know, on my laptop and my iPad. Oh, you found the perfect loophole. Yeah, so I don't need the phone. Okay, but what if, Michael, what if phone is like in quotation marks and phone represents the internet? No, they didn't say the internet. They said phone. (laughs) If it was the internet, all my answers would be reversed. I would choose the internet. But this is phone. So yeah, that's an easy one. Oh my gosh. Poor LV. Well, if you asked him... Like if you could, if you asked him and he could understand you, if he'd rather be without me for a month or you wouldn't even have to say the or because he would already like grab his hobo sack, you know, be headed out the door like bye bitch. Allison and I will now talk about five stories, starting with the latest Bond movie, No Time to Die, is supposed to be Daniel Craig's last as James Bond. So, of course, there's been a billion rumors on who is going to be the new James Bond. There were rumors about um, Idris Elba and Henry Cavill, but a site called The Vulcan Reporter claims that Tom Hardy will be the next James Bond, like he's already signed it, and an announcement was supposed to be made in November, but because of coronavirus, they'll probably announce it early next year. Mm, You know what? I... I know that the internet is always like really divided on who's going to play James Bond next. But I think that Tom Hardy would make a great assassin. For example, remember how quickly he tried to make those MySpace pictures disappear? The webcam ones? Mm-hmm. So he's he's good. Uh, yeah, he's got the skills. Mm-hmm. But like Tom Hardy's hot, right? Oh, very. But he's a very boring choice. And not only that, but he's going to confuse all of the villains and Bond girls, because when they ask him who he is, which is his cue, you know, to say the iconic Bond line, you know, Bond, James Bond, Mm -hmm. he's going to be like, he's a mumbler, is what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. He is very mumbly. Lori Laughlin will start serving her two-month sentence in November for her role in the college admission scandal. She pleaded guilty, took a plea deal. So Lori has requested to serve her sentence at a medium security prison in Victorville, California, and the Bureau of Prisons approved it. So this place sounds like a wellness retreat because there's Pilates, yoga, spinning, step aerobics, and she can take classes on origami, guitar theory, songwriting, nutrition, wellness, ceramics, and yeah. 
So, and LeBron James and Violet Davis spoke out against this, saying it's wrong that Lori got to choose her prison. Yeah, but they need to remember that, I mean, this does sound like an actual prison, Michael. Like, I heard that the spin classes only have these refurbished soul cycle bikes from like 2016 and like gross that's disgusting can you imagine that's prison yeah it's not a peloton so she's Mm -hmm. gonna lose it and i'm going to get a little serious for a second okay because i think all prisons should have programs and classes like this available to inmates because to me the whole point of prison should be to better yourself and learn skills rehabilitation totally on the same page as you yes which is why Lori should take rowing in prison because then she can teach her daughters how to row and maybe they'll get into USC like for real on their own. I think she'd still end up faking a picture. You're right. Uh, Gwen Stefani and Blake Shelton performed together at the American Country Music Awards last week. And before the show, Gwen posted a picture of her and Blake on Instagram and wrote, date night with my boo. So in the picture, Gwen is young, a youngin. And so is Blake Shelton. Like, these are old pictures. So what happened is that someone took an old picture of Gwen and her ex-husband, Gavin Rosdale, a picture they took together, and photoshopped Blake on top of Gavin. So they basically erased Gavin. And it was fan-made, and Gwen still has it up. (laughs) Oh, my God. I love that picture so much. But it just made me, like realize how lucky we are to live in a digital age because michael do you remember back in the day when you wanted to cut someone out of your life you had to like literally get out a pair of scissors and like cut through the kodak paper and cut them out and the lines were never really lined up properly when you like tried to put a new person in yeah i never did that but yeah i know what you mean. <laughs> i mean no neither did i never did that i mean it's petty and but i applaud gwen's you know, 12-year-old 12, 12 girl moves. Mm-hmm. But since she probably can't erase the memory of Gavin allegedly fucking the nanny, this is the best next best thing. Mm-hmm. Sonic, which is a fast food restaurant, if you don't know, is apparently known for their ice, which is something I didn't know because I've never been to Sonic, but mm. people are all about their ice, like they sell bags of it. So last week, they auctioned off a 44-ounce cup of their legendary ice on eBay, and all of the money is going to go to the nonprofit organization Donors Choose, which helps teachers get supplies and other things they need. So this cup of ice got 66 bids, and the winning bid was $11,211. The winner has to pick up, pick it up at Sonic, and will be, and it will be hand delivered to them. There's also a sweepstakes on their site to win a Sonic ice machine. Oh my God! What does it say about a fast food place when the most delicious item on the menu is ice? Like yum! I love that unseasoned frozen water from Sonic. And I say this is somebody who loves Sonic. <laughs> well, don't people like love their drinks? Is it oh, all about like yes. the ice and drinks? Yeah, the like cherry limeade yeah. slush and it like comes on top of all that ice. Oh god, it's so good. Yeah, it's really I'm... good. Michael, you need to go to a Sonic. You need tater yeah, no. tots there. I'll, I'll, I'll take your um, I'll take your word for it. But this story pretty much sums up America because it's a place where someone will pay eleven thousand dollars for a fucking cup of ice and teachers have to buy their own supplies. And finally, in devastating news even though i haven't been to a sizzler in decades i'm the problem 
But like all restaurants, Sizzler has had a hard time during the pandemic, and so they filed for Chapter 11. The good news is that the filing is only for 14 restaurants that are owned by the company and don't affect Sizzlers in other countries or the 90 franchised Sizzlers. They haven't been able to pay rent, so the filing will help them reduce debt and renegotiate leases. Now, if you don't know what Sizzler is, it's like an Applebee's kind of, but it's known for its all-you-can-eat salad bar, mm-hmm. and its all-you-can-eat Sunday bar, cheesy toast, and bottomless fried shrimps. Oh, my God. But also, Michael, isn't the salad bar one of those, like, loose definitions of salad where you can, like, make tacos and shit? Yeah, like, there's other things. Yeah, there's other options at the salad bar. Mm. Oh, wow. That sounds really good. I mean, I'll make the obvious joke. I guess you could say the sizzle has fizzled. I'm sorry. I don't feel good (laughs) about that joke. But now if, like, if you're one of the people that live close to the Sizzlers that, you know, is going bankrupt and maybe might close, if you want to experience Sizzler at home, you'll just have to empty the entire contents of your fridge on the table and ask a stranger to come in and sneeze on it. Oh, no, it wouldn't be good at all. I mean, Sizzler is iconic to me because it's like, this hurts me. Because this is where my mom would take us on a Friday night as a treat when we were kids because it was cheap and we loved it. And I can't believe I didn't like suffer some pediatric cardiac arrest from all the fried shrimps and cheesy toast I ate. But my abuelita, she would go with us too and she loved it and she came prepared. So she would empty her purse out before she went and put paper towels in it. And before we left the Sizzler, she would take food from the salad bar, put it in her purse for later. So basically, my abuelita is to blame for why Sizzler doesn't have money. It's show and tell time. This is the part of the show where Allison and I share something we're into. My show and tell this week is a podcast. It's called D-List of the Podcast. (laughs) Uh, No, it's called Imperfect Strangers, and it's a play on Perfect Strangers. It's hosted by two women. They're both married to men. Both are moms. Amanda is a graphic designer who lives in Ohio, and Melissa lives in New York. And everyone knows Melissa from the first Real World New Orleans, and she was also in Girls Behaving Badly. Mm -hmm. So Melissa and Amanda, they've never met. Um, Amanda had a podcast before this one and Melissa was a guest and they clicked so much they decided to do this podcast together. So the every episode is basically like a phone call. Okay. And you're listening to these two sort of strangers get to know each other and they talk about like what's currently going on. There's a lot of Corona talk and they talk about their lives and what their lives were before, you know, they got married and had kids. They talk about how they met their husbands and they're I mean, it kind of reminds me when I was a kid and I met a new friend, which was not often. And when it was summer break or the weekend, like I talked to them for hours on the phone to get to know them. Oh, my God. Like 10 hours. Oh, my God. You were allowed to talk on the phone as a kid? Yeah. Like during summer break and stuff. Yeah. My mom worked all day. Okay. Never mind. Yeah. I was going to say I wasn't allowed to near the phone, but go ahead. (laughs) At all? You weren't near the phone? Mm, I was allowed to talk to like my grandma. You could not talk to friends? Not really. Well, my parents would just be like, why aren't you doing homework? Oh, you could talk quick. Yeah, I could be like, hello, see you at school tomorrow. Goodbye. Yeah. Well, this would be like summer break or on the weekends. And we'd talk for like hours and hours. But 
So, like, they're both funny. Both Amanda and Melissa are funny. But Melissa says things that are, like, she says what I'm thinking. Okay. Basically. Like, in one episode, Amanda talked about how her parents got a divorce when she was an adult. And it was hard for her. And when her mom began dating again, she wasn't really allowed to meet her mom's dates because she was hard on the guys. Mm -hmm. And she talked about, like, there was this one guy that um, they used to call him Daddy Warbucks because he had a private jet and was really rich, right? Yeah. And Melissa was like, like, what? I would have called him my daddy. I would have kissed up to him. <laughs> you know, that would have been my daddy. And she said, like, even I probably would have <laughs> fucked him. And that's exactly what I was thinking <laughs> when Amanda was talking about this, like not wanting to meet this rich guy. And I was like, what? Yeah, he's but, got a private jet. Yeah. But they're fun, and they've been doing it since May. So in Perfect Strangers, you can listen to it wherever you get this podcast from that's cute do you think that they're ever going to meet in person oh yeah yeah definitely i think they will yeah um that sounds really cute actually because like people aren't like i'm gonna sound really stupid which (laughs) shock as if i haven't done that in every other episode but i think it's cute when people become friends like when adults become friends because it's really hard to make friends when you're an adult so hard it's hard and like to make like real real friends where you like don't feel like you're like bothering them do you know what i'm saying yeah and to turn it into a podcast and make money win-win um okay so mine actually is a movie and it's an okay it's an old movie but i'm not talking like it's not like an old hollywood movie it should be it should have won a whole bunch of oscars in 2012 so michael have you ever heard of the movie called fateful findings no i have not okay so Fateful Findings is a movie that was written, directed, produced, and starring um, a Hollywood auteur named Neil Breen. And I was brought to this movie because people generally feel like it is a bad movie. And I don't like saying something is a bad movie because to me, nothing is a bad movie. A bad movie is one where I'm bored right like that to me is what a bad movie is and we also know too that like when some people talk about bad movies you know it's often shit like they're talking about showgirls and you're like that's not a bad movie that's a great movie yeah so fateful findings is one of those movies where people are like it's a quote bad movie um but it's not it's like a wild movie like so i'm gonna try to explain the plot what year is it from 2012 okay so actually i can't say if there's even a really there's not like a definable plot it's like it's like there's a plot in the same way that like you know citizen kane had a plot it's very loose so neil breen is kind of like if tommy wiseau is like our modern day martin scorsese then neil breen might be our david lynch which i i know doesn't make sense because like scorsese and david lynch are both alive and making movies but anyways um so it's like neil breen plays this character his name is dylan and him and his best friend when they were kids they um they uh go into the forest and they find this like mushroom that turns into like a jewelry box and has a magic stone in it anyways they like they pick the stuff out of it and then they get separated because the friend moves away and then like later on he's this is when like they're little kids when they're little kids and so they're supposed to be the same age so then cut to present day and like his character gets hit by a car and he ends up in the hospital and one of his doctors is his friend for when he was younger except here's the catch um 
Neil Breen is playing uh, a character who is of undeterminate age. He's definitely in his mid fifties and okay. his friend is played by an actress who is no more than 22. So right away, it's laying all the ground rules that you need to know. I shouldn't even say that the very beginning of it tells you everything that you need to know about the movie, because it's like, there's acting choices that are really questionable. And like when he gets hit by a car, um, he's hit by a Rolls Royce and it's driven by this like mysterious woman in stripper heels that we never see again. Oh, I like that. Yeah. It's really terrific. There's magic and ghosts and maybe aliens, but there's also a government conspiracy. Um, there's also some really, really hot women in it. His like girlfriend is super hot and his girlfriend's friend is, she's my favorite part of the movie. She's gorgeous. She's like blonde, blonde, blonde. She has so much attitude. All of her line readings are as if she's actually yelling at a boyfriend. Um, she has a beautiful stripper's body. It's so great. But also this movie's crazy though, too, because he's like supposed to be writing a book. And so like in his office, he's like, you know, writing his book, but he's got like seven laptops set up. Like he's got like a whole collection of laptops for no reason. Well, that's how we work. Yeah, I, <laughs> we just sit in a sea of laptops. Yeah, it's like one story is being worked on over here. One's worked on over here. I'm like, I can't cross the streams. Also, this movie's wild because there are multiple deaths in this movie. And they're like really over the top, like kind of what you would say, maybe bad movie deaths. Like there's lots of fake blood in them. But there's like a, a dozen of them. The end of it... um, you know what? I don't want to spoil it because it's like there is kind of a part in the middle. The third act is a little slow. So I would say fast forward through it. But the end is it's incredible. I, anyways, Neil Breen also kind of looks like he looks sort of like Rob Hubel, who was like he played Sarah's husband on Transparent. Um, OK, yeah. Anyways, it, lo it looks like if Rob Hubel like hit on women at Sizzler, like it's he's a very strange wonderful person um and i mean look i'm, I'm getting a little like i'm looking at him now i'm getting like a little wayne newton a little wayne newton -y. he also kind of like in the scene where he's all bandaged up after his car accident he kind of looks like uh ethan hawk sort of he's he's an actor for any person in any shadow yeah he's yes. a chameleon i'm not describing it properly because i am not a Rhodes scholar um but it's really really terrific because it is such a weird, ambitious movie. And, like, it's weird. It's also the kind of movie where, the, because there is no plot and it's confusing as fuck, you can just fast forward through the parts that you're not into. Because every scene is incredible. Every scene's a gift. Faithful findings. Fateful findings. Fateful finds. Okay, Fate. so I'll do some edibles and watch that. Absolutely. You know what, Michael? Honestly, don't even do edibles. Because it feels like you're high out of your mind when you're watching it. Oh, no, I'll do edibles. <laughs> okay. But also, yeah. It'll be an added layer. Yeah. I don't know where you can find it. Um, it's, I think it's available on YouTube. I'm sure that Criterion Channel is streaming it right now. Um, oh, it's fancy. No, Michael, I'm sorry. That was a joke. <laughs> oh. Criterion Channel. I thought you were serious. I was no. like, this is fancy. Criterion Channel should be streaming it. Honestly, it's like some people consider it to be like outsider art, which yes, absolutely. Um, but it's great. And apparently Neil Breen has made a bunch of movies. And now I'm very, very excited to watch those. But yeah, that's that's my recommendation. I can't recommend it enough. So that ends show and tell. And that ends this episode. Uh, before we go... 
a couple of our listeners, so basically all of our listeners, mm-hmm. um, asked if we do a Q&A. So we're going to do one. So if you can ask us anything, if you want to ask us anything, you can ask Allison a question. You can ask me a question. You can ask a question about the site or a celebrity. Or if you need advice, you can ask us for advice too. The sky's the limit. So ask us anything and we might answer your question on a future episode. You can email us at dtp at dlist.com. You can email your question at dtp at dlist.com. Michael, I have a question for you right now. Are any questions off limits? For me, no. Are any questions off limits for you? No, I don't think so. I'll answer anything. Yeah, I'll do um, a slot for questions. So answer it all. So till next week. Bye. Bye.